Welcome to Adtention, a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. My name is Ray Shillins. Conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and relevant. Our stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. AAF District 10 promotes professional development and networking, recognizes advertising excellence, provides news and resources, helps develop future industry leaders, and promotes the value of ethical and transparent advertising. And you can find out more at aaf10.org. That's aaf the number 10.org. Larry Kelly is a professor of advertising at the Jack J. Valenti School of Communication. He has been in the advertising industry as a practitioner for over 25 years. Professor Kelly most recently was executive VP and chief planning officer of uh, FKM, Fogarty Klein Monroe, where he was responsible for media, research, account planning, interactive departments of this $250 million gross billing agency. Prior to joining FKM, he served in senior management roles for uh, BBD, BBDO, Bozell & Jacobs, the Bloom Agency, now Publicis. And it also says here that you were uh, uh, an owner of, of a couple of agencies along the way, too. You, you've you won numerous awards, and I do mean numerous awards in a good way, uh, recognized as an industry leader, including uh, winning four Effies for Advertising Effectiveness and Addy for Creativity, widely quoted in industry trade publications from Ad Week to Ad Age, currently on the board of the Houston Ad Federation, yay us and the American Association <laughs> of Advertising Agencies. You're also a, an incredible author of so many books. I would, I would assume, Larry, that you're probably working on another one right now. Would I be wrong in that, assuming that? Or? You are correct. I, I, I am. So you are. This is good because we need that. We need you not to stop bringing this information uh, to the students and to the advertising world. So, I, oh, I also forgot that you're a silver medal award winner. Uh and you, there are things here that I'm, I'm sure I'm missing, but that's this is a good amount of things to say about uh, Larry Kelly. That, that's funny. Uh, so with, with that said, you're also now uh, an NSAC winner in the district, and I want to congratulate you on that win. That is phenomenal, and I know you got to feel pretty good about that too, huh? Oh, absolutely. Um, anytime that you can uh, take your team and win uh, NSAC in District 10. It's, uh, it's a, an incredible accomplishment. And this year uh, was probably the greatest challenge in uh, NSAC history, I must say, on so many fronts. So just kind of rewinding on NSAC, um, there's about 160 schools in the country that participate uh, within our, and uh, each district then sends one or two winners to a uh, semifinalist competition. In our particular district, District 10, we're called a mega district, and that means we've got multiple, many, many teams. In fact, this year, I was amazed that we uh, had 17 teams, even after uh, COVID and going through everything. And uh, we won, uh, so they split our district into two competitions. Uh, we were fortunate to win our uh, little division, and uh, Texas State was the uh, was the other winner. Mm -hmm. But from a uh, going through the process 
It was a, a pretty amazing uh, semester, starting with a client, Adobe, case study for marketing their software to media planner. So it was a business-to-business case. It was the first time in NSAC history that a business-to-business case um, was done. And for students, that's a whole um, tough nut to get your head around. So it's not like selling hot dogs. So marketing to the actual ad industry was, was a big challenge. To complicate things even more, uh, our lovely uh, COVID came into play. And so NSAC, the competition really has two components. One is to produce a, uh, a plan. So we have a 21-page 20, plan, plan book, that the students need to com- uh, compile. And then after that, they do a 20-minute presentation. So over spring break is when we kind of learned that we were likely not going to come back to uh, school from a physical perspective, but more virtual. So over spring break, we decided, the team and myself, and we had uh, 15 students on the team. We have multiple faculty members. Uh, The team actually works six consecutive days for about 10 hours a day to actually finish the plans book uh, over spring break, just knowing that we would probably not be able to meet uh, physically again. And again, we're kind of going through that process. So once we kind of got the plans book underway, we learned uh, from AAF National that the competition was going to change significantly. And instead of doing an in-person competition, they were going to do a virtual competition. But they still wanted a presentation. And so the presentation became a recorded Zoom presentation. So our team, working together with our faculty, had to devise a script, uh, rehearse virtually, and then ultimately integrate our PowerPoint with various videos into a 20-minute presentation and record it. So a big challenge this year, big challenge. So I was very super proud of the uh, students. Really, every team that competed, frankly, should should get some sort of medal of valor this year for, uh, for going through the process. But I was uh, super excited for the students. They uh, went through. They were troopers. Uh, they didn't bat an eye, and uh, they made it happen. So when you when you sit down, Larry, the first day of uh, of this competition, and and what what do you say to the the students on the team? How do you talk to them? How do you approach the project? Well, um, so this was quite a process. So the students actually begin much of the work in the fall semester. So there's a group of students that actually are doing the research for this campaign. Over the winter, um, they they take some of their time over the holiday break, and we meet three or four times to begin to craft the actual uh, campaign. And these students are obviously highly motivated, very competitive, as as all the teams are. 
and uh, they're anxious to uh, kind of show their stuff. And I think the University of Houston were were very lucky um, to have the support of of a variety of people. But I, I've been really pleased that we won this year because it actually marked the uh, the third time in the last ten years that we've won. Uh, this competition at the uh, district level uh, began in 2010, and then we had another victory, and then uh, now 2020. Yeah. Well, I think students really uh, want to develop their own legacy, and that's uh, the group this year. They were they were very committed and really driven. I think to uh, to get on that medal stand. I congratulate you once again. You know, you've been doing this for a while, but you know, over over three decades, really. Uh, obviously, you have a strength in connecting and crafting uh, the next generation of ad stars, and it also seems like you found your perfect spot in life. Would you Would you suggest that's a true statement? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I've been really blessed to have worked at a variety of really great uh, advertising firms over the course of my uh, career. Um, And so there's certainly a reward for building up um, a firm and working in the business. But I don't think there's really a much greater reward that you can get in life than to see the development of some young person really from kind of, you will, kind of that fawn to a deer, if you will. So our students, I'm just, you know, always amazed at how they come through in the clutch. They go from really, I would say, being pretty tentative to being very confident in what they're doing and, and understanding the whole process. Wow. It's obviously a rewarding place for you to be. And as you said, you've done a few different things along the way, a partner in an agency and and working with some very big agencies as well. What is the the most rewarding thing, Larry Kelly, about what you do right now today? What's the most rewarding thing? Um, I think the most rewarding aspect of what I do is getting students motivated to succeed. And a lot of students that come in to definitely our school and many schools around our district are first-generation college students. Um, they haven't had maybe the benefit of a uh, background where they've had a lot of success and getting them to believe kind of in themselves and being able to succeed uh, really, I think, has been super rewarding for me. And I go back to uh, 2010 when I kind of began on this NSAC process and we won. Uh, the district, it was the first time, I think, in 30-some-odd years that the U of H had won. Wow. And when I took over that team, honestly, the biggest challenge was they didn't believe in themselves. And so when they won, they were just like, whoa, we did it. (laughs) Well, subsequent years now, I can point to these guys and say, hey, look, here's the group that did it. You can do it, too. And I think it just gives those students like, yeah, I can do this thing. That's so cool. I think that's been um, one of my more rewarding experiences here. Beyond advertising, you, you teach believing in yourself, and I think that's a great place to be. 
That yeah, makes, absolutely. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think, well, advertising is really just kind of the curriculum or the vehicle, but really what you're teaching kids is, uh, you know, how to succeed, how to um, kind of maybe go beyond what they really felt like they could do. And uh, it is always ironic to me that for young uh, millennials and Gen Yers, they are not as aggressive as perhaps you might think on pushing the boundaries uh, creatively. So I think getting them to like really break through and push a little bit further than perhaps they think they could is, is always rewarding to see. University of Houston certainly has crafted a lot of great uh, young advertising professionals, and the Valetti School is certainly uh, uh, a key role there. So it's a good place uh, for you to be and for the kids to be as well. So if Larry Kelly wasn't in advertising, what would he be doing? What would you be doing? What would he be doing? That's probably a, yeah, that's a great question. And I'll tell you what I'm kind of doing right now is uh, working actually on uh, some different types of books. Mm. So I'm working on children's books and a couple other types of books right now. So I would probably be a starving artist is fundamentally what it would amount to. My my advice to anybody who asks about advertising is don't chase the dollars, chase your passion, and you'll find the dollars. They will come to you. I would assume that that's probably uh, uh, what you uh, would say as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, as you know, any any endeavor you've got to really be passionate about, and yeah. advertising is definitely one that if you're really not passionate, you're really not going to succeed. So, and, and you're absolutely correct. I think the uh, the people that are passionate about anything in life ultimately they'll they'll get their reward. So somebody comes up to you, whether it's at school or on the street or maybe at an ad federation luncheon or something, and says, "I'd kind of like to think about getting into advertising." Uh, what would you say, Professor Kelly? Would that be a good idea? Is this a good time to get into advertising? What would you say to them? Yeah, actually, I think. This is one of the best times to get into advertising uh, for a number of reasons. One is communication is a field that is rapidly changing. And any time that things are changing quickly, that gives you as a young adult an opportunity to get in and, and make your mark. So with so many different new communication platforms and ways of kind of uh, reaching out and engaging an audience, it's a great time to uh, get in the business and, and really make a difference. You have had uh, so many milestones along the way during your career in advertising and teaching as well. So here we are in 2020, rolling through it very weirdly and quickly or slowly, depending upon how you look at things. What do you see as your next milestone? I know you talked about books and such like that. Is there something out there that we don't know about yet that you've, uh, you're have you thinking about? Uh, no, I think that those are uh, the big milestones that I would like to uh, see. I'm really kind of looking uh, creatively to perhaps stretch myself a bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've done, this will be, uh, I've, I have one textbook that's coming out in the fall. That'll be number 10. Um, the publisher has asked uh, myself and another uh, co-author 
to redo another text of number 11 coming out in uh, two couple of years. Wow. That's enough textbook. Okay. So I'd like to uh, kind of branch out and get into a little more creative endeavors. So, yeah. so that's kind of where I'm going to put a lot of pressure. You're kind of like the Encyclopedia Britannica. As soon you'll be able to buy an entire set of Larry Kelly books. There you go. Right there. That's I like right. that. yeah. There you go. You go door to door. You sell these things. You make uh, a whole bunch of money. There it is. We can, we can resurrect that old school model. <laughs> you know, <laughs> COVID-19 obviously hangs over our heads and still here, and every day we think about that. Uh, uh, as it relates to uh, school at the University of Houston, um, how are how are you guys dealing with that? What's cooking at the school, and, and what do you see, or do you have any uh, inkling about what's coming up here as the fall approaches? Well, that's a great question. So um, as a faculty, we really had to do some quick regrouping. So over spring break, um, the school really changed from face-to-face interaction to virtual. So in all of my classes, our team-based face-to-face really require that. So I had to really kind of rethink all of my curriculum as, as all the faculty did on the fly and change quickly to a, uh, a virtual platform. Mm-hmm. And we kind of finished out the semester kind of the best we could. Yeah. So right now the school is working on a variety of scenarios um, from all face-to-face, which is kind of what the um, go-in plan is right now, is I think the school is fairly optimistic that we can do that. But we're also preparing for a hybrid model, which might be um, with social distancing, if classes maybe half come in one time and half come in another, that we could film and do some things there. Or if things go bad, um, then it would be virtual. So right now, in fact, I just uh, got off today with our instructional design group on uh, learning how to better operate uh, Microsoft Teams. So that's going to be a part of uh, the approach if if we have to uh, start working more in a virtual environment. So we get to learn in a different way, but it doesn't sound like necessarily a, a, a worse way. Uh, we, we find ways, just as you did during the NSAC competitions, to say, okay, here's the project. Now we got to do it this way as opposed to that way. That's real-world stuff, and that was even... You know, going back to that competition, what a great thing to pull that off and pull off a win as well. So congratulations once again on that. You know, in your ad career, what is the toughest thing that you ever had to do? Uh, Well, I think as a manager, partner in an agency, probably the toughest thing you ever have to do is to... Everything in advertising, as you know, is all about people. And so hiring people, promoting people, that's always the good side. Having to lay people off or fire people, that's always always the toughest thing. So, you know, your heart goes out when you have to uh, make those sorts of tough decisions. So I think that those are, that's kind of the real world that you live in, and that, that's the toughest thing. How do you position something, Larry, like this? You've you've done a bunch of creative for something. It could be with your students or it could have been 
uh, in, in your agency life as well, and the client throws up on your concept or your, your, your creative, um, do you teach that at school as well, how to, how to recover from things like that? And is it, is it still tough for you when you've got something that you thought is a, a great idea, you've worked hard, worked hard, worked hard, and you know, client doesn't really uh, get it? How do you handle that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, there's there's no two ways about that. And I think uh, one of the things that I teach at school and actually have done in uh, professional life as well is really to separate uh, strategy and execution. So if you can get the client to agree to what the strategy is, um, to me, that's about 80% of the battle. And usually where clients, I think, maybe get sometimes confused and then will kind of poo-poo on an idea is if they don't really have a clear sense of what the strategy is, Mm -hmm. and they're just kind of looking for whatever the bright, uh, shiny object might be out there. But if you have a cogent strategy, you can typically kind of sell the creative, and even if the client may or may not buy it. They could say, okay, well, I understand it. I may not want this idea on how best to execute this strategy, so take a look at something else, but at least they would understand, okay, I I have some sort of frame of reference or critique. I think where creatives really get frustrated is where a client may say, well, you know, I just don't like that, and it's like, well, what what don't you like or what is it? And then I think the uh, other aspect of that on approval of any sort of communication is usually both the writer or the author of the communication as well as the client isn't really the receiver. (laughs) So you're both kind of like making judgments on what someone else may or may not like or react to. Clearly all about communications as well. You know, this this conversation uh, is uh, centric to American Advertising Federation, and you've always played a, a big part of the success here in the Houston market and with District 10 as well. What makes, uh, what makes uh, the American Advertising Federation, whether it be Houston or anywhere in the country, such an essential part of a relationship to get a good uh, foot in the door for uh, being successful in our industry? What are the benefits there? Well, um, the American Advertising Federation is really the only organization that brings together the entire advertising community. So whether you're on the advertiser side, whether you're on the agency side, whether you're a vendor, uh, whether you're a college student that's... um, hoping to get into uh, that particular industry, it has a place for everyone at the table. And I think that's, uh, to me, what the uh, beautiful part of it is. And I've seen so many students that go on field trips or meet people um, at various sundry places and go, oh, my gosh, I'd never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year is a great example of that with uh, working on the NSAC project in Adobe. One of the big creative areas was trade shows. Who would have thought? 
fact, yeah. I have a student, I think, that really wants to get into that. So they were like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that this was a huge industry and and uh, I could participate in that. Wow. So I think it's getting people kind of to open their eyes to see that advertising is a very vast uh, industry with a lot of possibilities, and you can find kind of the path that fits your talent. Makes a lot of sense. Great organization, and we thank you for your participation, not only as a board member, but just uh, but just in general. You know, Larry, we all have mentors in our lives that have helped us get from point A to point B and beyond. Did you have a mentor, one particular person that, uh, that uh, created uh, uh, your success or helped to create your success? Yeah, I would say um, that I was really fortunate to uh, work at FKM uh, here in Houston. And I think uh, Rich Klein, who's uh, passed, uh, and Bill Fogarty, who's still still going. Yeah, he's never going to pass away. Uh, those two guys, I think, uh, epitomized to me a real gentleman in the industry, and you could just kind of learn a lot from uh, working with those two guys. So I was really fortunate to uh, to be partners uh, with those two and uh, kind of watch how they dealt with people, very humble, um, just good, fundamental business people that would allow you to uh, to work and, and really maximize your talent. Great connection and a great agency, of course. You, you, you actually caught part of my next question here. I'm going to ask it anyway. What the heck? So you're, <laughs> it, who was really the best at Fogarty, Klein, Monroe? Was it Fogarty, Klein, or Monroe? Do you, do you want to, do you want oh, to rank man. these guys? Well, tough they, question, they were huh? all brilliant. So yes. Tom Monroe is certainly a brilliant um, strategist, creative guy, and uh, presenter. So he, he was the master of that. Uh, Bill is just Bill. He is, he is a tremendous <laughs> guy and uh, just really an insightful, insightful guy. And Rich uh, came from the client side, very marketing savvy, and really, I think, could understand where clients were coming from, had kind of that sense of kind of that operational side. So I think the, the threesome together really made a uh, formidable group. That's a nice political way of saying they're all great. Well, I'll give, th- I'll give <laughs> thirds to every one of those guys, and, and, and you were all obviously a very important part of that agency as well in your tenure there. Professor Larry Kelly, clinical professor of advertising, a writer of books and a purveyor of ideas and a cultivator of uh, the next generation of ad stars here. So, you know, Larry, one more time, kudos and congratulations on your win. And not only the fact that it was such a great presentation, but the way you did it. And you, you, helped, those, you helped the students really uh, learn something new in that process. But once again, uh, congratulations on that. And it's fun to talk to you. We've been trying to do this for a couple of years now, and I guess it takes an NSAC win to, to get you on the podcast. But we finally hey, did it. I'm, I'm delighted to be on. <laughs> we thank you for for sharing with us your time and and uh, look forward to uh, your new your new way of teaching folks because I know it's not going to be like the old way but you're a good teacher as well so I'm not too concerned about the the, the folks who are coming uh, in your next classes and such but but again Larry thank you so much and and uh, it's it's always fun to talk to you it's always fun to see you as well 
All right. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Ray. Hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Professor Larry Kelly from the University of Houston, a District 10 winner in the NSAC competition. You've been listening to a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. Find out more at aaf10.org. That's aaf10.org. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Do that and you will never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will also help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Attention, Copyright 2020. I'm Ray Schillens.